welcome to Cross Training, where we look at faith and practice in a biblical lens. I'm still going through puberty, okay. But my name is Tanner Higgins. <laughs> Can y'all tell that we record more than one of these in one sitting? We slowly go insane over the course of them. It's the presence, the people we're in presence with. I'm Tanner Higgins. I'm Matthew Thompson. And I'm Mason Simmons. Lord help us. <laughs> Lord Please. help us as we dive into your scripture and hopefully learn how to be less unhinged. Uh, last week or last episode, depending on how this goes, uh, we talked about Jesus and, and Nicodemus and how, I mean, there was a lot to unpack there. It was a wonderful conversation. This week, or this episode, again, we're going to be talking about Jesus and John the Baptist. And I'm going to be honest, this this is a text that I never really, like, learned growing up. Like, this wasn't something that was beaten into my head from, from the Gospels. So this wasn't something that was, like, fresh in my mind or familiar to me. This was a, a very new experience reading through it in preparation for this episode. Uh, what about what about you guys? Same. Same? Okay. I didn't know if I was left out here. Everyone right. focuses on Nicodemus, and no one focuses on this little yeah. argument between uh, a Jew and a belie- and believer. So. Yeah, it's kind of like... My just... first response was genuinely just like, wait, John the Baptist is mentioned again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like you stop seeing the red letters, and it's like, all right, cool, I'm done. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right, well, we'll just dive right into it. Honestly, this... I mean, unless there's any pushback on this, I'll just read the entire, like, Jesus and John the Baptist scripture. That's verses 22 through 30. And then we can just kind of talk about the thing as a whole. All right. So it says, After this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside, where he spent time with them and baptized. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim, because because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized, since John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and they told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about, the one uh, who was with you across the Jordan, is baptizing, and everyone is flocking to him. Jesus, uh, Jesus, goodness. John responded, No one can receive a single thing until it's given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said... I am not the the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend, who stands by and listens for him, rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So the joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. So this, I mean, just to summarize there, I mean, John, he's, he's doing his thing, and evidently he's confronted because Jesus is doing that same thing. And there's this perceived... Uh, need for upset there because I, I don't know I guess John was supposed to have the monopoly on baptisms I'm, like that that seems to be what, I, what I'm getting here is the source of uh, the dispute and John kind of sets them straight by saying listen he I mean Jesus is, Jesus is cooler than me so you know he's that's good I'm, I'm glad that he's doing that uh, that's kind of the, the really rough summary that I'm getting here uh, Tanner what do you have any any insight there just well, for the story as a whole yeah I'm just kind of curious like I know some, some some texts say a Jew and some texts say uh, a group of Jews. And so, I mean, it, it, I don't know if it's just one person or a group of people. So I'm wondering if, like, some of these people uh, could be trying to cause discourse of, like, you know, what you're doing is wrong and what Jesus is doing is wrong and trying to create disunity amongst what is really, been, what is really going on here. Uh, amongst the believers, and as we saw previously in a couple chapters earlier, saying that uh, those that John the Baptist was like, "There's a Messiah, go follow him." So he's already referring his followers to follow him, 
And I can kind of see some current application to this already in this mess in the sense of like a lot of times when it comes to preachers or churches or whatnots, we can see it's like, well, that's a better church over there. Or he's a better preacher. I'd rather go over there. It's like, well, I'd rather listen to that. It's like, well, my preacher just sucks. Well, my, you know, my preacher's great, you know, and like we try to level our preachers or level our, our churches like, oh, this one's on a A tier, this one's on an S tier, you know, whatever. Yeah. For the sake of getting into into that debate, um, do you think there is grounds to say, though, that some preachers are better for certain people? I would say so. I would say that, you know, that there's people that I can reach that Mason can't, and there's some that Mason can't that I, uh, Mason can that I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I agree sure. with that. I just want to make sure that, like, you weren't, yeah. like, discounting that. No, 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 no. Not, yeah. not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that that is a, an interesting way of looking at that. I, I personally didn't glean that from my initial read-through of this story. Um, really what, what I got from that is this dispute and a lot of... Uh, disputes throughout scripture could be avoided if people would just, I don't know, listen. <laughs> like You'd be thinking that, I mean, it describes these people as like disciples uh, of, of John, and yet they seem to have lost their grasp on like the main thing he was talking about, which you already brought up, Tanner, him saying, hey, there's someone that's, that's coming that's a lot better than me. And then when that better than him guy comes and starts like doing baptisms and such people are like hey he's not supposed to do that and i can imagine john just be like D- have you not been listening to anything i've been saying like do you do you just show up for the theatrics and me eating honey and locusts like is, is that what what you're that in would be morning? a good show yeah, uh, if, I mean, we had, yeah. if we had honey and locusts here for mason to eat i think that would be very enjoyable for me yeah. to watch i guess that was a spectacle but still like you just just the blatant um oh, what's the the tone deafness, I guess. I don't think that's what I'm looking for, but that's close enough. You know, the listeners understand what I'm saying, hopefully. Do they? No, I don't know. Please email <laughs> us to find out. <laughs> I want to know if you're mad at Matthew for not using the proper term. Yeah. Uh, but then <laughs> verse 30, uh, I like because that echoes throughout Scripture where John says, He must increase, but I must decrease, because who else do we hear that from? Paul? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, so wait, I was wait, like are y'all? Is this a trick question? Yeah. I was like, like oh, is wait this a, a trick question? No, that's just an, an, yet again a beautiful example of things echoing throughout scripture. I like what uh, my New Living Translation it says that he must become more and more as I become less and less, and I like how that's emphasis on like he must become more and more while I become less and less. And what I think uh, in, in verse uh, the previous of that, he says, he who has the bride is the groom. And we know that, you know, through Scripture we see in the way that Jesus has been teaching and the way that John is presenting here that, you know, we are the bride, the church is the bride, and Christ is the groom. You know, there's that relationship there. And, uh, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy is mine is complete. And so John, he's saying, you know, listen, I'm not the Messiah. I've presented that to y'all before. I'm the one that, that can't save you, but I can lead you and show you who the Messiah is. And I think this also goes back to the preacher thing. I, I, I really do. And this, this may be just the preacher in me and, you know, and I, I care a lot about what, what we do as, as mm-hmm. preachers and as, as feeders uh, of, of, of the flock and stuff like that. The thing is, though, is that there are some 
there are some preachers that they're not the best man of the wedding service, that they're very loud and cocky and almost they want to be the center of attention. They're not putting the focus upon the groom. You know, they're, they're taking away all their attention and stuff like that. And they may be wanting all the attention towards them yeah, instead like, of the, instead of the groom himself. It's like the woman that dares wear a white dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the woman that wears a white dress that's in the congregation watching the, the wedding, you know, it's just like the tension's on the bride there, not you sister. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I know there's a lot of people out there that would want to take the attention away from Christ and on themselves. They want to take the attention away from the groom or away from the bride and focus it on someone that's sitting out in the crowd. You know, and, and so that's that's kind of a, a not a, a warning to myself, but it's like if I am supposed to praise him and give him the glory that he deserves, he must increase and increase, become more and more as I become less and less. This is why you give all your bridesmaids and, and groomsmen drabby clothes and you wear the <laughs> the nice shiny ones. One, you know, one thing that that kind of makes me wonder, and this is just purely hypothesis, uh, but I'd imagine that some of these people that were saying to, to John the Baptist, saying, "Hey, there's this guy that's doing the stuff that like you're supposed to be doing. He, he's baptizing. Aren't aren't you John the Baptist? Aren't you supposed to be one baptizing?" If they're talking about Jesus baptizing people, then they witnessed it. I'd imagine, and by extension, they more than likely witnessed Jesus performing other miracles. So that makes me wonder what level of idolatry have they placed on John already? That like they can see Jesus performing miraculous acts, and yet still they're like, "Wait, but that that's not that's not the honey locust guy." Yeah, I like to. Th- I really wish John the Baptist was much mentioned more and than he is, because I love how humble he is about everything. Because you know, people like to put or liked to put John Baptist so far up because he was the one that baptized Jesus, but. I mean, he said he was unfit to unstrap his yeah, shoe. But in all reality, like while that is you know a great honor, that's honestly all it is because that's you know he said it just like you said he wasn't worthy to do anything. He wasn't worthy to look upon him. You know, worthy worthy to do anything for Jesus. But because you know that's how prophecy and scripture was had had it laid out. Mm-hmm. That's what would had to happen. But. He, even though there are people who uh, see him as an idol or see him like as the Messiah or you know whatever they might think he is, he's like no, you guys, you know he could have you know just been like one like you know like yeah like I'm a great man of God but you know this is the man you need to be look this is the man we're worshiping but yeah like I'm doing everything for it. he didn't do that you know John was like no like that's the one and the only one mm-hmm. I'm nothing. And he said it here first, you know, he's he's the man. He's got to increase. And when he does, that means I decrease. I go lower. Yeah. So I'm going to raise him up. And every time I try to do that, I am lowering myself. And I, that's and why vice versa. I, yes. Yeah. And so that's why I love that about John the Baptist is because, you know, while he had all these people, you know, praising him and lifting him up so high, he never took it. He always was like, no. It makes it that much more... Goodness, I guess you could call it heartbreaking that John does have that time of doubt later on in Scripture. I, don't, mm. I can't remember. Is it in John or is it in one of the other Gospels? Uh, I think it's in Luke. Okay. Because he expresses that doubt, basically uh, saying, Jesus, uh, 
is it really you? <laughs> Are you the Messiah? Yeah. Are you the one that we've been looking for? Yeah. Is is that in John? I don't know. Oh, I thought you were reading. No, I, no. I, I just know that's what he says. Oh, okay. You had your Bible open in front of me, and you, you seem to be like looking at it as you're saying that. No, so I'm sorry. Actually, I'm sorry. No, you're good. But uh, he does have that, that time of doubt. And, I mean, of course, no one's immune to that. I mean, there's the immortal story of Peter's doubt. Uh, you got uh, Doubting Thomas. I mean, goodness, it's his nickname. Poor guy. <laughs> but uh, then John the Baptist, I mean, even he's uh, not immune to that. So that's just knowing that he's such a humble guy. I mean, it, I mean, obviously he's still a human. You can't put him on a pedestal. I mean, that's what his disciples were doing. Uh, we're putting, uh, we're putting him on a pedestal, saying that uh, this Jesus dude shouldn't be allowed to baptize because it's you. So I'm not going to sit here and um, say for a second that that John the Baptist should, for whatever reason, be above other humans and not doubt. But it is still sad to see that, I mean, especially in Scripture, because you do have that kind of preconceived notion that we like to fall into of how could you doubt Jesus when you were living in his time? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I've heard that argument brought up a lot. So it, it's got a little bit of extra gravity when it actually happens in Scripture, because, I mean, hey, it's Scripture. I think he's also referring back to, like, since Jesus and his disciples and John and his followers were both baptizing and people were questioning, so who has the greater authority here? And John's like, listen, okay, it's all him. I'm doing work too, and I'm sending them towards you, but yet we're do- it's all about him because later he says, you know, the ministry, it's all his. The testimony of the things that he says, it's all about him. In verse 33, he says, the one who has accepted his testimony, talking about Christ's testimony, has affirmed that God is true. For the one whom God sent speaks God's words since he gives the Spirit without measure. And just to me, that just says that John's like, he, he, he believes at this time, this is before him being put in prison, before he's truly being tested. He does have a little bit of doubt, but in the end he does believe that it's like, listen, I, it's not all about me. You know, this, this road, this ministry that I have, it's all about this Messiah. It's not about the works that I do. It's not about the things that I do for you. It's not about the baptism and stuff like that. It's all about the Son of God and whoever believes. And just like it says in verse 36, the one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. And said the wrath of God remains on him. Yeah. And to read that uh, entire rest of Uh, what John's saying throughout the scripture. I'll start verse 31 and go through the rest of the chapter. Uh, John says, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For God sent him, and he speaks God's words, since he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who refuses to believe in the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. So just my opening thoughts on that little spiel from John. John knows a lot about what Jesus is going to do. This this guy, he's he's on board. He's all in. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, we all know that John is what is considered, or who is the last prophet of Jesus, and I think this shows. It really, to me, it really makes his doubt come in to hurt a lot more because John saw the picture before anybody else did. Yeah, because I mean, he he says it right here. You know, you know, there's people who's come and you know who has seen and heard his testimony, but no one receives it. 
um, and those that, that have received it know it's true. And, you know, he just goes on. And John sees the picture. And, I mean, this is going to be really awkward if we talk about this now and, you know, doubting uh, John shows up later in John. But <laughs> <laughs> I think Tanner was right when it was in Luke. We'll, uh, we'll find that out here in a second and throw that in there somewhere, I'm sure. But uh, just John – it really amazed me that John – this is why I say I wish John was mentioned more because John – got it John knew it John had it but he's not brought up a lot and I, I, I just wonder if that's because you know he was out doing the work of God you know separate from Jesus you know out in other parts of the world or the countries and stuff or you know what it was I mean that's just me having the lack of history knowledge but uh, John John got the, got the idea John got the picture he knew what Jesus was here for and I think this is him just kind of laying it out in John terms instead of Jesus terms, as we saw in the earlier the chapter or last episode or you know however this gets tied together. Here's a fun thought: What if the reason that John the Baptist isn't mentioned a whole lot outside of just baptizing Jesus, this little bit of scripture, when he expresses doubt, is because he was just so well? It's like you said, Mason. He got it. Because you have all these uh, second Adam attempts throughout the Old Testament, and they're all like rampant failures so often that like you can uh, read plenty of their victories. Like like with David, he's he did plenty of cool stuff, and he did a lot of not cool stuff. Uh, Solomon even he was the wise king, but he also broke the the laws that God put forth for like his kingdom. Like hey, don't don't have a military, don't collect riches. He uh, don't have concubines. Like he he broke those uh, big three rules there. Uh, basically, every single person that came around had a lot, a lot of failures recorded in scripture, at least. And Moses is about the only standout that like there's not a whole lot of bad tied to him. Again, this is just what's recorded in scripture. He obviously was an imperfect person. Definitely had plenty of failures outside of what I mean. We know I of. mean, just to mention one. I mean, like he he doubted God, and he's like, oh know, yeah. When, when God called him uh, from the burning bush, you know, he's like, I can't do it. I can't yeah. even That's speak properly. Fairly weak comparative to some of the other ones. That he had. It is, but I mean, he still yeah. like he still was in a sense was like he still told God no. He's like, I can't oh, yeah. do it. I can't. I can't even speak properly, much less you know go out here and lead your people away from, you know, from being slaves under this yeah. whole nation. And so I mean. I mean, we like to not think of that, but I mean, the fact that Moses told God basically no <laughs> and give him a pretty poor excuse, like, oh, I yeah. can't speak properly, like, you know, it's just... Yeah, I'm not implying for a second that he was like the 99.9% .9 perfect human. Oh, yeah, no, I'm no, just but I'm just saying... Then, to others. So it goes back to the, you know, the very beginning of John the Baptist, you know, his parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah, you know, they were old, and an angel told Zechariah said, you know, you're, about, you're going to have a son. And he was like, uh, what? And had a little bit of doubt. And because of that, God, you know, shut his mouth for a whole year, you know, and it was like he didn't talk at all until his son was born. And people asked him, so what's your son's name? They were bickering. It was like, he needs to be called Zechariah. And all he needs to be called this. And Zechariah, his first words he speaks was glory to God and gave praise to God. It's like, no, his name is going to be John. It's going to be John. That's what the Lord wants it to be. John the Baptist. Well, I'm sure it was. He's not John the Baptist, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Middle name, the Baptist. I've got a really good feeling this guy's going to baptize. Yeah, but I mean, just by you know, that shows that we're going to doubt. 
You know, yeah. there's going to be times that we're going to that we're going to doubt. And I know on the the Facebook page, there's three questions I have on there that you know if you sign if you become a member, it's like, um, is the Bible important to you? Uh, what does Christ mean to you? And what's the most difficult things about Jesus or the Bible? And some people have a difficulty accepting that Jesus is who He says He is, and sometimes it's hard to believe what who, what He says is the truth. And there's nothing wrong with doubting. There's nothing wrong with doubting. But what we do with that doubt? Do we continue on and press through that fire and through that difficult difficulty, and continue to believe when it seems almost illogical to believe? Because when John's death was imminent and his life was on the line and I'm sure if he you know denounced in some form or fashion which I mean I think death was coming to him anyways because uh, I think that was kind of just a, a thing that somebody wanted I can't remember the story exactly on top of my head uh, but they wanted his head on a platter but I mean I'm sure there was some way that if, if he denied Christ in some form or fashion that he would have gotten out of some easier punishment yes <laughs> I don't know but I mean, there there was times that he doubted, but yet he still believed. Yeah, and uh, my original point that I was going to make is I wonder if one of the reasons that he's not mentioned super often in the New Testament is because of that that pitfall that like his followers fell into. Like we don't we don't need this John the Baptist dude that's being an absolute all star for Jesus and Jesus being mentioned a whole lot in the New Testament, like kind of competing for the limelight. Yeah, that's you know kind of what, I mean? what I thought about earlier when you said it, and I thought that's why where you were going to go earlier. Yeah. Is like, yeah, now that I kind of think about it, if he would have got brought up too much, people would have been like, oh, why don't we just follow John? But, I mean, then again, you know, John was the type of person that like, no, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Yeah. But if I, I do feel like it, it would have been a little bit more of, you know, this John dude seems to be kind of like the real deal too, though, but. Yeah, I, I guess that makes cousins sense. too. Because I yes. mean, I'm sure that there would be some kind of Jewish tradition that's like, well, he's the elder cousin. He's because John is older, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm, I would assume it's like, well, y'all are. Some people's argument would be, well, they're doing the same thing, you know. And John the Baptist is older, so we're going to follow him because you know it's tradition. Because he's older, he's got more say. But John's like, no, it's it's the elder cousin. He's the guy. He's the Messiah you've been looking for. Stop. Yeah. And I mean, that's not <laughs> to hate Stop. on. Stop, guys. And that's not like to hate on Jesus' relatives or anything. Because, I mean, it's like uh, Joseph and, and Mary, they pretty quickly get out of the picture in the New Testament. Uh, because, I mean, the New Testament has a purpose, and that's to describe this this Jesus fellow. Or, like, mm-hmm. it, this, this is the purpose of, of the Synoptic Gospels yeah. and Acts, uh, in a way. It's to paint a picture of who is this Jesus guy? What's yeah. he doing? Why is he doing it? What's his purpose? How is he fulfilling the old law? What's this new law that he's bringing forward? Like, what's going on here? And if you put too much focus on, like, Mary, Joseph, and John the Baptist, who are all fine people mm-hmm. that, that do uh, a lot of good stuff. And, I mean, they are, they are relevant to, to the Jesus story. But if you put too much uh, stress on them... I think you're in danger of giving them too much power, if that yeah. makes any sense. Because well, these are people that are related to Jesus. Well, and you can say that even within the Old Testament, too. Because, I mean, like we talked about before, is that the whole thing, the whole given Scripture is all focused around Christ. You look at the Old Testament, and you look at the Psalms, you look at Proverbs, you look at the, the snake, the serpent on the staff that Moses put in the middle of, of the city— or in the middle of the community, and people can look up into the snake and be healed because the snakes were botting them. Oh, 
death, sin, or the, the snake was biting, but Jesus had to become death, had to become sin. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's another yeah. little, little tidbit thing, that Jesus had to become sin to die for us. So, you see Jesus all within the scriptures. And so, Jesus is the protagonist of the whole Bible. And so, all these other people are supporting characters, giving focus towards the main character, which is Jesus, even in the Old Testament. Yeah. So, Mason, I guess to, to answer your previous um, complaint, the reason that you don't get to have more John the Baptist is because you want more John the Baptist. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> yes, that is true. Well, and Joseph, too. I like, you only hear Joseph in the beginning of Jesus' birth and when he was a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. And most people believe that he probably passed away in this, when, before Jesus' ministry. He's, pro- he's probably passed on already because you hear Mary. She's already, she's still in the picture. Yeah. So, I mean, but yet Joseph, I mean, he had to be a godly man, a faithful man to even yeah. stick with Mary. And you know what? And of course, I mean, this is all uh, hypothetical, but I kind of wonder if the reason Joseph even more quickly than Mary gets out of the picture in the New Testament is because he's Jesus's dad. Because, I mean, you got to think like the cultural relevance of that at the time, like how much authority the the father of Jesus, like, mm. that could uh, be dangerous there. Uh, I, I would I would disagree because I, you, cause you, cause then you would have, if, if there was recorded stuff of Joseph, Jesus' father, then, yeah, you might have some people in there, but yet I think the, the holiness of God's word will still hold true. But I think the reason why it's not in there is because there's really nobody that's written these books have been around during just time because all of them have just arrived at Jesus' ministry time. And they probably just hear, you know, hear the the story of his birth in the temple from Mary. But why did she not talk about Joseph? I don't know. Uh, it might be a little bit of column A, column B, a lot of everything yeah. or a lot of nothing. It was just speculation. Um, yeah. We're just talking. And I, I could just be super wrong. I mean, I, I typically am super wrong. That's the that's the joy of studying scriptures. You get to figure out just how wrong you are, and maybe maybe lessen your wrongness over time. So that that was a grammatical disaster, but I hope I got my point across. But remember, you must decrease so he must increase. Yeah, and in uh, that same line of thought, like just the real takeaway from this uh, bulk of scripture that we're reading is John, in so little text in scripture like he he establishes so well to others like what it means to follow Jesus uh, I was talking about it's like me and Mason were conversating about um, how he just how he just got it like this he's speaking as though Jesus has already um, done his ministry died rose and ascended like he's speaking as someone who who are, who already gets it who are, who's already been told like that proves that like there really was no excuse for like Jesus' disciples to be so ignorant, for the Pharisees to be so vile in how they tried to take Jesus down, and how all these people that, that tried to, to disregard Jesus were so in the wrong. Like the, It's not like these people get to play the ignorance card every time and just go, oh, well, they didn't know any better. Oh, well, Jesus wasn't clear enough. No, nah, John the Baptist had it figured out. So like, where are y'all at? This, this one bit of scripture does a really good job at doing like some world building for the, the area that Jesus is at and like how all the reactions um, that come up to, to Jesus' ministry and the way he talks, the way he teaches, how he's ushering in this new kingdom, the confusion that people have. Uh, again, it's easy to, to play that ignorance card and say, well, Jesus was new to the scene. These were new things they didn't understand. Yeah, those, 
that's true. A lot of the stuff that Jesus said was indeed contradictory to like the, the Jewish law. I mean, that's why the Pharisees were always jumping down his throat. But again, John the Baptist had it figured out. So they're not completely off the hook. This, this adds a lot of depth to Jesus' ministry, I think, that personally I, I, I hadn't gotten before. This is something that I've uh, learned as a result of going through the scripture now. So I guess the, the concluding thought there is John the Baptist, he, um, he was in the Bible the exact amount that he should have been. It's almost like scripture's perfect. Inerrant? <laughs> so this has been a, a bit of a shorter episode, but still a great discussion. I, I learned a lot about John the Baptist personally. I know uh, when we opened up this episode, we were pretty straightforward that this wasn't a scripture that we've been very well versed on. So this has been a very eye-opening discussion. Uh, but that's that's it for cross training this week, uh, Tanner. If you want to inform the people of the the socials that they can hit us up on, because I do not have them memorized yet. We've we've got the whiteboard. We've got the whiteboard in use. We just don't have everything wrote down. We did write the intro down. If yeah. anybody noticed from last episode and possibly this episode, because Mason sucks at remembering it. That is <laughs> correct. <laughs> don't worry, we all stroke out sometimes. Uh, well, As our face- last extra. <laughs> For what it's worth, the Facebook is in the show notes now, so I guess in theory we don't have to say that one. Yeah. But uh, the Instagram. Yeah, we got an Instagram. You can check that out, cross training, and then the Facebook. Uh, the link should be in the the details, and then uh, you can email us at uh, podcast.crosstraining at gmail and you can uh, send us your critiques, comments. Questions? Questions. Mason is begging for questions. My I goodness. am. He's dude. pandering like, hard. This is how I learn, okay? So, like, I learn from asking a question, and then we're like, okay, how can we answer it? But not only answer it, but answer the rebuttal to it, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We love debates, and I know you two love them because we've had about a million of them before we even started the first episode. Yeah, we're, we're trying, like, we're trying so hard. By the way, like, well, I say first episode. This is, we, we've recorded two in our setting today, so when I reference the first one, yeah. I'm referencing last week's. Yeah, we try so hard. We, we like debating and talking about it because we're all three different guys and have three different opinions about things. It's going to be fun <laughs> when we get into debates in the future episodes if we ever do if, want to do just we, That's why I'm asking for them because, like, I hear them go back and forth all the time. I'll input something, but I think they're both looking for me to just go at it, and so I'm waiting for the right ones, and so that's why I'm asking for the right, a multitude of them. The I'm, right opening? The right. Just the right questions or the stuff, right the questions. right openings. I mean, just. We're going to have to set some better gates on these microphones because there will be yelling. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be sitting on the other side of the room. <laughs> other side of the room. It's all in love, though. It's all in love. We, we practice unity here at Cross Training. Uh, so we'll, we'll catch you in the next episode. And until then, Tanner will give us the magic words. Peace out.